Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to episode 18 of the Care Cafe podcast. Today, we will be talking about stress and burnout, which I know for all of you seniors out there may be feeling right now with college app season, um, and just finding ways to really deal with being overwhelmed and evaluating when there are times or situations where it might be best to get help or get support from your peers. On the podcast we have today is a very special guest, uh, one of the most amazing people I know, uh, my counselor, um, my guidance counselor, Miss Loop. So Miss Loop, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello everyone. Um, my name is Miss Loop. I am a counselor and I am in the high school sector right now, um, but I was previously at the college level. So I was at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, with former foster youth and formerly incarcerated students, um, then transitioned to Cal Poly Pomona with the general population, uh, went to Mount Sac for a little bit for our dual enrollment students, and now I'm here at the high school. So it's been quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, you have so much experience, and that's why I think that you're just perfect for this podcast because you've seen it all, really, yeah. right, with yeah. students and just everyday feelings that just go on from day to day um and yeah thank you so much for joining me on the podcast i am so so excited and grateful to have you on today um and we can jump right into our first question which is uh what has been your experience with burnout um this can either be personal or as a general trend with the students that you've worked with or both yeah i think Burnout is so common in all areas. Uh, For me as a kind of like an educator, right, in the realm of mental health education, I guess you could say, Um, it's so common. Like all of our students at all ages, it really affects all of them um, in different ways. It's on a spectrum. There's like a lower side of burnout where it's just like, I'm just tired. I don't want to go to school today. And then there's a heavier side of burnout that's like, I'm not going to school this whole week. I'm not seeing my friends. I'm not doing the things I love. Um, So I think in my experience working with students, anytime our students are not taking care of themselves, they're not getting the the time to rest and recharge that they need, it's going to result in burnout. I think for me, you know, in the helping profession, last year was my first year at Northwood Mm -hmm. um, and with my high schoolers. So it was a very different situation. And so I was here until six and seven o'clock at night sometimes, um, which led to burnout. Like I was exhausted and I was over it. I was like, I can't ever go back there. Um, But that was because I wasn't setting boundaries and I wasn't taking care of myself. So again, burnout was so common, especially for our students here. We're such a high achieving school and our students tackle so much and like our students are fabulous and they do so many amazing things, but they also don't take time to take care of themselves. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, it's something we're constantly dealing with in education. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see that point and have been there. We've all been there and yes, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I also was really intrigued when you talked about like, you know, first starting off at Northwood because I know that especially in the mental health profession, um, it's very important like to know, um, I don't know if you heard of the analogy of like the airplane mask, but like you have to put like your own like airplane, like oxygen mask on yourself before you're helping others. It's the same thing with mental health. And you know, that must be the case with you helping so many students. So what are some ways that you um, take care of yourself and deal with burnout? Yeah, I think 
And that's so true, like the whole airplane mask of it all, because ultimately, like they always say, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't save the person next to you if you have no oxygen, like the airplane. So it's definitely true. Like, I think for me personally, I had to really set a boundary this year, which is hard because what I do, like I I love my students. And so I always want to be available. I always want to be like, yeah, email me anytime. I'll get back to you Um, because I want to help. And I have such a passion for my students and they're like some of my favorite people. So I always want to be that for them. But unfortunately this year I had to set a boundary. And so after like 4.15, I gave myself a little bit of a boundary. Email goes off. I do not get alerts to my phone. I try not to check my email at home. Sometimes I slip like we all do. Um, But I really try and set that boundary and say, no, like I have my personal life that I have to maintain and I have my work life. Mm -hmm. So really like you know, last year I'd get here like 45 minutes early for work. This year I'm like, no, 15 minutes at the max. Like I'm not coming at 6 a.m. anymore. Um, I'm not staying till 7 p.m. Like I'm getting out at 4, 4.15. I'm turning all emails off. I'm spending time with my family. I'm spending time with my dog. Like I'm doing things that bring me joy and allow me to recharge. And it can be really hard and boundaries are uncomfortable for people whether we're putting them in place or the people are receiving those boundaries from us, Mm -hmm. it's very uncomfortable and it's very awkward. And so it takes a lot of hard work and persistence of like, no, I have to maintain this boundary. I have to hold it there. Um, And that's helped me a lot with my burnout because it allows me to do a good job when I'm here and give it my all and then go home and rest and really get back and get centered before I come back the next day yeah and I think that's great and we're all for like establishing boundaries because balance is really key to everything um moving on to our next question um I wanted to ask because you've probably seen it all um what does it look like when someone is burnt out and how can we support ourselves or others during those times yeah again I think everything's on a spectrum right so you have some students who burnout for them is, is very minor and it's just extra sleeping or being a little bit agitated. And then you have those on the spectrum who are like very burned out and they are just the hot mess express. And I think we've all been there. Um, <laughs> so I think noticing it in others, it can be as simple as they're just not, they're not eating the same as they, as they usually do. They're They look tired. Um, They're not spending time doing the things that they love. So um, I have close friends who are also counselors um, and we were all in our master's program together. And we still like, when I see them, I say, what are you doing to take care of yourself? And if they say, well, you know, I'm doing this. I'm like, well, that's weird because you love to knit or you love to play basketball or whatever that looks like for them, I always know, okay, they're on the edge of burnout. Like they're not doing Mm -hmm. the things that mean so much to them. Um, So I think if you're with your friends and you notice like, man, that friend of mine like loves to, I don't know, do TikToks or go do quizzes on Buzzfeed. Like if they're not doing that, (laughs) reach out to them and be like, are you okay? Is everything good? Um, And how are you taking care of yourself? So really like asking the people around you, the people you love so much, if they're not doing what they usually do, if they're super tired, if they're agitated, if they're just, if they just seem off, like asking them what's going on and asking them, what can I do to help um, without sacrificing your own, you know, peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. And just, that's so amazing of how, you know, by like 
just simply asking if other people are doing okay and just checking in that can make like a big difference which is you know so so amazing something I find so like empowering and wonderful um and I wanted to follow up with um your answer that you mentioned and um I know that like burnout is something that we experience do you think that it is possible to prevent burnout and um if so how are we able to do that That's a tough question to answer, I think. We have, I would love to say that like burnout is avoidable, but I don't know. I think even me as someone who loves my job Mm -hmm. and loves what I do, and even though I'm setting boundaries, like there are moments where I feel burned out. Like, you know, we have that, what is it, compassion fatigue and empathy fatigue and all of these different fatigues that we deal with in the helping field. I feel like it always comes and goes. I think all we can do is work to limit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that it'll ever go away. I would love for us to not live in a world where burnout is a thing and that everybody's well taken care of and everybody's getting what they need and doing what they have to do in a healthy way. Um, but I don't know. That's That would be the dream world if we right. could get rid of burnout and everybody yeah. could just feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like to some extent that kind of seems like impossible because yeah. in the world we live that we live in, it's very, very easy yeah. to run into it's, burnout. And I think also like we have, we are such in, we're, we're so involved here, like at our school specifically mm-hmm. in this race of who's the best and who knows the most and the classes are so competitive and you know, the city we live in is competitive. The county we live in is competitive and everybody's trying to keep up with everybody else. And, you know, whether that's having this a different house or a better house or having a cool car or getting an A on the exam or not. And so I think just in general, there's this, there's this drive to be better than the people around us. And that mm-hmm. also leads to burnout, like you said. Yeah. So it almost feels impossible. We're all always kind of fighting to be number one or maybe even subconsciously, maybe we don't recognize it happening, but like deep down we're like, oh, I just want to do better than that. Or I just want to mm-hmm. look better than that person. And it's exhausting yeah. having to be that person all the time and to be on just autopilot and going a hundred miles an hour. Like that's, it just, I don't know. I hope mm-hmm. one day it'll be done. No more burnout, yeah. but yeah. Um, for now we'll just learn to manage it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, like, comparisonitis is a big issue, but it's something that we all do, mm-hmm. regardless, and we can't avoid it. It's inevitable. You know, even if we try, sometimes we may just slip in, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely a very, very big topic and issue that we just need to be mindful about. Yeah. 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 Um, I love what you talked about with, like, you know, just how we all are in that race and when you know we get overwhelmed by like comparing ourselves to other people um how would you advise to like manage that yeah I think that as people I think it's so normal to look at others and say oh I wish I did I wish I was like that or I wish Mm -hmm. I was I responded well to things like that person does or I wish I understood the reading assignment like that person does it doesn't always have to be like a physical comparison because I think that's really common is for us to be like, oh, I wish I was skinny. I wish I was this. I wish I was that. Um, but it's also in terms of the classroom, right? Like I wish I would have just been so effortlessly like presenting today or I wish mm-hmm. I would raise my hand and just know. And I think that 
in the world that we're in, I remember having a professor in my master's program and she said, when you pass someone and the, your first thought is, oh man, I wish I was that. Think of three great things about yourself before you say that. It's hard because you have to remind yourself to think of it. Um, but for example, my fellow counselors are outstanding and I'm so proud to be on their team. And they do things that I am like, man, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I was that organized. I wish I met with that many students in a day. And before I think that, I try and think, you did what you could today. You did a good job. Um, you met with the students that you needed to meet with, and that's okay. That's enough. Um, and the conversations and the communication that you had with your students was meaningful. And so got to be quality over quantity right not that there's isn't um quality but i think we have to remind ourselves of all the great things we are doing already um lots of students come in to see me and they're like oh this person who sits next to me is just so smart like they just get it and i don't and i'm like but what are you good at right maybe math isn't your thing but maybe you're excellent in english maybe you take the time to work at home and you study with your family and it helps them learn math like just reminding yourself two to three things you can think of before you start doing that comparison of like what great things are going on for you and what you're good at. And I think it helps, right? It doesn't get rid of it, but it helps to yeah. remember like, well, I'm worthy too and I'm enough. So that's something to keep in mind. Thank you so much yeah. for that. I think that that's something that really is like, it goes unnoticed mm -hmm. of like doing that. Um, but yeah, I think that's an amazing, amazing piece of advice or just something that we should all be doing. And, you know, I really appreciate you, Miss Loops, sharing that. <laughs> and also, by the way, I agree with what you said about quality over quantity. I think that every time that you meet with someone, it's always so meaningful. And so, yeah, yeah. definitely doing an amazing yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is so hard because I have, you know, 500 students. So yeah. there are moments where I'm like, okay, let me just get them all in and out. And then I think... Well, I can't like you can be we always talk about efficiency as counselor and how it's almost impossible to be efficient with humans mm -hmm. um, you can be effective right we can use that term but efficiency is not good for a counselor because you don't want to get kids in and out you want to make an impact mm -hmm. and you want to make it like matter I want it to count and so um, yeah, you really have to be careful about getting kids in and getting kids out. No, the goal is to sit with them and really understand what's happening for them mm -hmm. and do your best to understand even if you can't sometimes. So, yeah, quality over quantity always. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that you've been doing, like, a phenomenal job. So Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next question. Um I wanted to, you know, shift this conversation to uh, when you talked about those, like, major times when people are in burnout and, like, they're, you know, freaking out and over the edge. Um, and so I think that in some cases, burnout can play, like, a big detriment onto someone's mental health. Um, so in what situations would you say that someone may need to seek professional help when it comes to stress or burnout? And what are some tools or coping mechanisms that you may recommend as alternatives? Yeah, I think that, I feel like it's always good to see a therapist, um, regardless of level of burnout. Of course, if it's more intense burnout, like get in there and talk to someone and seek that professional support. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it can be good for everyone. I always tell people, 
you literally just pay to have someone sit and listen to you. There has, there doesn't have to be something wrong with you. There doesn't have to be, um, anything you're experiencing. It can literally just be sitting down and speaking to someone and not having them interrupt you. And as somebody who grew up in a family where it was always, you know, I was a middle child. So people were always interrupting and I'm like, gosh, I'm never going to get a word out. Um, and I remember like just thinking, gosh, I wish someone would just sit and listen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing happening. I wasn't experiencing any mental health issues at the time, but I remember thinking, gosh, if I could just talk to anybody, it would help. And so for people, you know, in school or just in general, like the second you feel like you just need somewhere where you can speak openly, like go see someone. Um, again, you don't have to be falling apart and be like, I need a therapist now. Now's the time. <laughs> Get there before that, right? Get ahead of yeah. it. Um, and if you see like yourself slipping or you just feel like, gosh, I just need a second, like seek professional support, go see your school counselor, um, go see someone you trust, like just seek out that support wherever it may come from. I know mm -hmm. there's people who are super religious who use their religious mentors and people in education use their teachers and their counselors. And you have all different types of mentors around you and your parents and your family. So just keep those things in mind. Um, I think in regards to like what coping mechanisms we can use, um, I'm really into grounding. Um, I do it myself. I think it's so important um, when we're feeling burned out to get down to the basics. So um, you can do the five, four, three, two, one, like I have yes. in my office. Uh -huh. um, so you can do like the five things you can see, four things you can feel, like you or you can change the numbers, right? Yeah. Whatever you want. I'm a um, big advocate for that. Yes, yes. the grounding is my jam. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so easy, and you can do it with nothing. And I think that's the biggest thing because I have fidgets in my office and things like that, but there are times when, like, you don't have that and you don't have anything, like, to touch and feel. And so using what's around you can be really helpful. That's mm -hmm. a good coping mechanism. Um, I think any type of, like, app or breathing even like on the apple watch i know not everyone has one but you have the breathing circles that you can fill and just stop and do those there's guided meditation on youtube you can find it anywhere um and also just centering yourself i grew up in the desert and every now and then if i start to feel tired or like oh man i'm just really dragging um I'll just go up and see my mom and it's about two hours. So it is a drive, but sometimes that helps me like just take a second. Cause I just mm -hmm. listen to a podcast and mind my own business. Maybe sometimes I listen to this podcast <laughs> um, and I just drive up and I just, I, that's really where I, where I recharge and I, and I get grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether that's up there going to target or seeing my grandma or just hanging out on the couch all day, like whatever it is for you that makes you feel peace um, maybe that's binge watching TV shows or Netflix or I don't know, playing video games, like give yourself that even if it's only for an hour. Um, and I also had a friend who watches America's Funniest Home Videos, but on Instagram and she, anytime she's feeling like, gosh, I see like a second, she just watches videos and just laughs so hard. And I'm like, what is happening? But for her, it works. And so mm -hmm. I think it's so individual, like how we respond to stress and, and situations that cause stress. Um, but finding what works for you, those are mm -hmm. some of your options, but there are a million more. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, it is really finding, like, what's best for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and grounding could be one of them. Um, it's something that I'm a big advocate for, too. Yeah. It's so, so amazing. <laughs> um, and just finding just ways where you're able to feel, like, comfortable and at peace. Yeah. And just have that mindset and just being able to take a step back. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well said. I agree. Ditto. Yes. (laughs) And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I was, I was really intrigued and I just found it really interesting that like, you know, every, anything could really be a coping mechanism. Um, it's just, you know, something that allows us to just really find what works best and, um, allows us to just deal with this situation. So thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, of course. And it looks different for everyone. And I think that's always something we have to remember because I don't always give the same coping mechanisms to each student that comes in. Mm-hmm. It depends on like what I know about them and what I know has worked for them in the past or just the kind of person they are. Um, again, I'm a huge fan girl of grounding, um, but I don't offer that to everyone. It depends on my student because I know that not, there's not one thing that works for everyone. Yeah. And sometimes it might not work for somebody. Absolutely. Spot on. Yes. Um, and then our next question, um, very tied into basically what we were talking about earlier, um, on just this culture that we see. And then also, um, not in, only within like schools, but also just like in the workforce or just in society. We're just people around us. Um, and so I wanted to ask with the popularization of like this pro productive um, go mentality that you always have to be working or doing something. Um, what are your thoughts on this and how it may affect people when it comes to our everyday lives? And how do you um give advice to someone who just needs to find balance when it comes to their work life and home life and everything in between. It's concerning for sure. The idea that we are constantly competing with one another. Mm -hmm. It worries me as a school counselor. I see my students every day coming in just so upset because they aren't getting what they want in comparison to what their peers are. Or, and that can be in regards to like a letter grade or an essay topic or whatever that looks like. And I worry about them because comparison is, as they say, the thief of all joy. And it literally takes everything from everyone. And even for myself as a professional who's been in educational counseling for many years, um, it doesn't go away. Like I'm... Mm -hmm here at Northwood, but the second I get another offer, I'm like, yeah, of course I'll be there without even thinking about it because I just think I have to, if I don't do it, someone else will. Yeah. Um, I just signed on to teach some classes at Cal State Dominguez Hills in the Masters of Counseling program. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing my mom said was, when do you think you're going to have time to do that? (laughs) I said, (laughs) well, you know what? And she's like, you don't have time as it is now. I'm like, well, you're not wrong. But there's this feeling of like, no, but I have to. Yeah. Like, I have to because if I don't, they're going to offer it to someone else, and I've mm-hmm. lost this opportunity. So mm-hmm. no one is immune to it, um, and that is so hard because yeah. I think it's just human nature to, like, want to do more. more. I've definitely been there. It's mm-hmm. like whenever you get, like, an acceptance thing or, like, just 
any opportunity. It's like, I need to jump on that. Yes. I am not going to have that. And I think it's like the fear of just knowing like what would happen afterwards based upon that choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we are so often, like you said, that FOMO comes out hard (laughs) when I know I'm like, I'm being invited to something and I don't go. Mm -hmm. I immediately feel panic. Like we, 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 and it's so sad that we live in this world where we live in fear of saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a much different dis- discussion and a, and a much bigger topic that we could probably talk about for a very long time. Um, but this go mentality and this like pro productive experience that we're all living right now is it's not good for us, yeah. right? Like yeah. I think I'm not telling you anything you don't know, um, but it's not good for us. It's so it's just not good. And Mm -hmm. it's heavy and it's just takes everything out of you. And again, I would love to live in a world where it wasn't a thing, but I also know that that's probably not going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. again, we have to learn to manage it. Um, For my students, I try and remind them of, yeah, you might not be like doing a TED talk or writing a magazine article, um, but you're a great sister or you're a good brother and people look up to you in your family and people look up to you here in your club. And like, I try to really take a moment to say, you don't have to be number one. You can be number one in other areas, whether that's just your mom saying, gosh, you're the best, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like associated with a grade or an opportunity or money or status. It can literally just be, gosh, you're such a nice kid. And I I find myself telling my students that a lot of like, God, what a nice kid. You're so respectful. Like, thank you. You know? And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget that because we get caught up in like the, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to, because I have to like prove myself, but I also don't want to miss out. And also this and that and the other. So taking a second to recognize like what good you do bring to the world and to your environment can be really powerful and also very hard. Um, to remember because we're so wrapped up in it. Yeah. Something I'm always working on too. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's something that is really hard for us to ignore, something Mm -hmm. that's really hard for us to escape um, in itself, but um, just through like finding the small things and just recognizing them, whether that's just, you know, saying the three things about yourself or just, you know, realizing that we're all enough. 100%. You know, at the end of the day, something that may make things, like, better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then those are all the questions I have for today. Yay. So thank you so much. Um, do you have any um, final thoughts or words that you wanted to speak about? I think I just want your listeners to know that life is hard enough as it is. So we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah. we got to be kind to ourselves. We have to give ourselves grace. And it's not easy, and it will be something you work on for the rest of your life. But, um, again, give yourself some grace and take a deep breath at the end of the night and know that you did what you could with what you had for the day. And Mm -hmm. that's so important, and it can be really powerful. And so I just hope they're all getting the proper rest and eating enough food (laughs) and just taking care of themselves. But just know that you are more than enough, and you're wonderful in all different ways. And so trying to remember that yes <laughs> all stops to that i love that and you know you said it all thank, thank you. you so much <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then finally, um, just as a way for either if my listeners were interested in any of the things that you were talking about, do you have any like additional resources or uh, things just that they could check out that you, you know, have seen been beneficial in the past? I have, I use a few apps with my students and myself. Um, I use the Calm app, which is pretty <laughs> popular, but I also use the Breathe app. Um, the Breathe app is really helpful. Sometimes it's just 10 seconds of breathing. And sometimes we need that reminder. Yes. Um, and then other times it's like a full-on guided meditation. I always do that on the planes when I'm going anywhere. Um, and it's literally like you're walking through the forest, blah, blah, blah. And that can be really soothing. It also helps us sleep. Um, any type of guided meditation on YouTube, I use a bunch of them. Um, for myself and for my students, the Aquarium of the Pacific has a great one, and you can hear all like the water sounds, ocean and, noises. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, and you can keep your eyes closed, or you can open them. They have a beautiful like twenty four seven footage of the aquarium, and so you mm-hmm. can see all of the different like life floating by and doing things. And um, but yeah, I think always looking at your apps. I know students have their phones a lot. For my students who don't have their phones, I would recommend going on um, YouTube and looking up things there. Um, and also just familiarizing yourself with the resources in your area, um, whether that is um, therapy services through different organizations that are low cost or free, uh, whether that's your family resource center in your school district. Um, which is often free and offers great opportunities in the community Mm -hmm. and also at, again, your school, um, within your religious groups, um, however you identify, whatever that looks like, whatever groups you have kind of explore those options for support and you will, you will hopefully have really good luck with those. Thank you so much. That was super, super helpful. <laughs> and I think all of my listeners would just be, you know, thank going on to those things. Thank you. That was amazing. Um, thank you so much for today. I'm so, so grateful. Um, and everything you said, this was just such an amazing conversation. <laughs> so thank you so much, Miss yeah. Lou. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs> Have a good day. Thank you.